Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch. We're back after a month long of me just kind of hanging out with my dogs. So (laughs) we are quite excited to have a local author to me. I never get local authors to me. So we have Eliza Garza on the show with us tonight. How are you today or tonight? Yeah, it's nighttime. Yeah. How are you, Eliza? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Guys, I interview authors all over the world, and I never get a local to me author. So this is my first local to me author, but not like in person local. Um, You're in Edinburgh, is that correct? In McAllen. McAllen. Okay, and I'm in Brownsville. So we're still an hour apart, but the valley is the valley, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We are all connected. Yeah, so you guys are going to get a little taste, not like a like a taste like on your tongue because you wish, but you're not in the valley. <laughs> you're going to get a little taste of what I get to experience in the valley and the rich culture that is down here. And it is absolutely amazing. So I'm going to give you a little background on Eliza and then we're going to get really in the weeds of this wonderful book that she has published. Eliza is an author, is the author of Raspa's Con Me Grandpa. Did I say that correct? Yes. I've been living down here only five years and I'm still trying to get all of my enunciations and everything correct. So I always try to make sure that I ask. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you did good. (laughs) Thank you. And, and my husband actually told me about Eliza. He had heard about her through some other folks and some different channels. And then we saw Eliza on the local news channels. And I says, we have to bring her on the show. She wrote this book to bring her culture to the pages of this book and share it with the children across the world. And she is also the founder of Adventure in a Cup, which is a program that provides children with uh, the opportunity to learn the principles of entrepreneurship and financial literacy, and she practices this at the at her Rasp, at their own with their own Raspa stand for a day. So, uh, I don't think I've had enough coffee today. So, excuse me, me everybody. <laughs> but you know, when I heard about this book, it reminded me of the very first time I visited Brownsville, we and my husband had been dating and he said, come down and meet my parents. So it was my very first time and I tried Raspa's. So I thought, isn't it so fitting that my very first local to me author is an author who brought this wonderful thing about the culture here to a children's book. So tell us more about your book and why you felt that it was so important to bring that part of the culture out. Um, well, to be completely honest, growing up, even though I did grow up in a Hispanic community in a border town, um, you would think that 
Spanish was just um, a second or first language for some and that it comes natural. However, I did know Spanish. I was just always kind of embarrassed to speak it because I, first of all, I didn't know if I was speaking it correctly because I would hear people that were from Mexico say, oh no, you don't say it like that. You say it like this. You're saying it wrong because I was speaking Spanglish. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, in school, the teachers would be like, oh, you're not allowed to speak that in this classroom because I don't understand it. So immediately there's like this level of shame that's attached to the language because it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to speak it. The children wow. who did speak it in class or the children who did speak it out in the hallways, they would get made fun of, they would get ridiculed and they would be called names like wet back and stuff like that. So I didn't want to associate myself to Spanish when I was a child or even in high school as a, as a young kid. And um, it wasn't until I was an adult that I really started embracing my culture and my language and realizing that it is such a beautiful thing and that it's part of who I am and I needed to embrace it. So I really wanted to write a book that represented the real Grand Valley that represented Spanglish so that we can normalize the language early on in childhood so that the children can see someone who looks like them, talks like them, yeah. is from where they are from and is telling them it's okay to speak Spanish, even if it's bad, even if it's Spanglish yeah. and you mix it together. The important part is that you embrace it and you speak it because it's part of who you are. And I feel like if we can put that in early on. There's no shame attached to it as an adult. And it creates a more authentic human being, which in turn creates a better world. Absolutely. And that is one of the most amazing things that I learned about the Valley when I moved down here is that even though it's 95% Hispanic, it doesn't necessarily mean that every, and I made a big mistake when I automatically assume that every person that was Hispanic down here spoke Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I was quickly corrected by one of my coworkers and I thanked her for it. I said, thank you, because I was very blind to my bias that I had. And I, cause I didn't know that that wasn't normal. Yeah. yeah and, but that was one of the things that she said the same thing growing up. It wasn't something that was in her home that was in her household that her parents did not instill in her because they knew that later on in life growing up, she may go somewhere else. And it was more important that she learned English than it was Spanish. So the Valley is an amazing, an amazing place. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, I often tell people it's its own country. You have to learn the Valley way, not, <laughs> not the Spanish way, not the American way. You have to learn the Valley way. So can you tell us about uh, more details about the book itself? Because Raspa's a lot of people, they're like, what's a Raspa? I'm like, Oh, let's get me, let's get started because it's a whole <laughs> vibe. We have, we have our own Raspa machine here in the house actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, 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 okay. Yeah. So, okay. So the book is about a little boy who is antsy. Can't wait to get out of school. Cause he's about to go on an adventure with his grandfather after school. They're going to go get a snow cone, which in the Valley, we call them raspas. Um, I believe the 
greatest difference between a snow cone and a raspa is that snow cones are very traditional in the sense that they're just syrup and ice. And here in the valley, we like to spruce them up with all kinds of toppings, fruit, candies, chamoy, tamarindo, you name it, it's on it. We just all throw it together and make it a big old adventure in a cup. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> which we'll yes. get to later but yeah um so it, it, it's a it's a story it's actually a memory that I had with my grandfather I just you know tweaked it up a bit used my imagination and um you know uh created a little a little story out of a Raspa adventure and subtly you know put in those cultural references showcasing you know, who we are as a culture and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a little book with a profound meaning behind it. Yes. I was introduced to Raspa's. I, I just returned. I, I have to tell this story because it's quite embarrassing for me. Um, I had just returned from Kuwait and I was uh, coming home here to the Valley and I had my first Raspa and I had chamoy. I wanted everything because I wanted the full experience. I was down for a week. My stomach was really bad for an entire week. And the only reason was because I I had been over in Kuwait for a week eating things that I was not very good for me. Um, but then my, my son's girlfriend from Iowa comes down mm -hmm. here and she gets her Raspa. She does the same thing and she is in love with them. And she, and I was like, be careful. I got sick. And she's like, oh, <laughs> these are great. And I'm like, you've got a stomach of steel. Woman. But yeah, I mean, the things that you can put in those you would never think of. And I just love the creativity. We watch shows about the things that you can put in Raspa's and mm -hmm. oh, it's amazing. So when you wrote the book, did you think that you would actually get the outpouring of support and all of this notoriety because of this book? I've seen it everywhere, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I knew that it would be received well because I planned on touring here in the Valley and we all love our grandparents and we all love Raspa's. I knew I couldn't go wrong, um, but I didn't know that it was literally going to snowball into this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I did. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, I would love to see Raspa's on Good Morning America. I'm just going to put that out into the universe yes, because I think that it's, yes, I, I think it's very important to, for books that are highlighting cultural awareness and not just cultural awareness, which is normal uh, things that you see everyday cultural awareness, but very unique cultural awareness, things that are in very smaller pockets of, of places like the Valley, the Rio Grande Valley. One thing that I have noticed is it is extremely unique. And, and, and I think that that's, it's very important to highlight that culture. Um, so I, I'll put that out in the universe. I would love to see it Thank go even you. further. <laughs> so you did a special project for, uh, it was around Christmas time, is that correct? Would you like to share that project that you, you took them up um, up another place in Texas during Christmas, is that correct? Yes, I visited the town of Uvalde, Texas. Um, so I have this little rule where I'm like, okay, I wrote this book in the valley for the valley. I'm touring the valley first. However, 
um, as I started um, touring, I started seeing how happy this book made children and how happy it made adults. And I just started seeing the book evolve and take on a life of its own. You know, I had a certain intention for the book, but once people captured it into their hearts, it just completely grew into so many other things for different people. And I thought, what better way to go so seeds of Christmas cheer into a town that is still reeling from pain, still hurting, then by sharing this book, you know, the power of story is amazing. And I thought, you know, I have the best friends um, that own businesses uh, and best friends that even don't, you know, I know that they will chip in and they will throw in some books for the kids so I can take the Grinch with me and we can do a Christmas giveaway. And that is exactly what we did. Um, I put it out there and immediately I had people reaching out to me wanting to donate books. Um, and we were able to give 250 books away in Uvalde. Wow. And um, the Grinch, Las Tres, Ch Las Tres Chicas Boutique, um, they have um, different characters that they do for different holidays. And they've always helped me at my store uh, during Christmas. And she was she gifted that, you know, um, wow. to the town of Uvalde. And she was there for a couple of days with me playing the Grinch. And it was just beautiful. That's it was so amazing. Cool. Such a great experience. Yeah. I, You know, I saw that you were doing that. And I was like, that's what it's supposed to be like, especially during the holidays when you see people in need and you see something that you can do and you're willing to reach out and do that. It's not always about what, what can I get out of this? It's what can we pay forward? And that was so profound. And I thank you for doing that for those children. They really needed that. And that was amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it was literally a gift for my heart as well. Um, just to be there and, I made some really great relationships with people in that community. And I mean, to this day, I'm still texting them and planning a trip back there. <laughs> uh, for book number to, two? Uh, well, yeah, that one is coming, but I've been so busy with this one. I haven't had a chance. <laughs> I bet. Now you're, you started out as an entrepreneur first, before you wrote, before you became an author, you were an entrepreneur. So can you tell us about your, your journey through entrepreneurship? Ooh, okay. That is another podcast. <laughs> Entirely. <laughs> um, it's been a roller coaster, okay? Um, and to make a long story short, this book that has brought so much joy to me and so much joy to the world was written when I was an immense amount of pain during a transition where my business partner and I were separating and things were very uncertain. Um, and the, the forecast ahead was very uncertain. And so um, the crazy thing or the ironic thing is that the book published on the same day that that incident happened. And I just saw things come full circle. And after oh it came full circle. Everything just started shooting up like a rocket. Like 
that journey, even though it was really painful, was really yeah. meant to catapult me into my purpose, into my destiny. Mm. But I just had to walk through that fire first. Yeah. Um, and so it's really, really interesting. I, I, I'm still piecing it together because it's blown my mind. It continues to blow my mind every day. Everything that is happening so fast. Um, I, I there, there's no way there, there's a divine hand in it for sure. It's Amen. not mine. I can tell you that. That gave me chills because I, I tell everybody, I says, you're going to be squeezed. And you're going to be squeezed and you're going to be squeezed so hard so that every ounce of what is not meant to go with you on this wonderful journey falls off so that you can go on that beautiful journey that you were meant to go on. And I, so that, true. you know, and, and the squeezing hurts. You're like, come on, mm -hmm. now I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. light up the, light up the course, sit down, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. You, you described it beautifully. And that is exactly how, um, God described it to me. The, the literal, yeah. um, information or download that I got was like a rocket has boosters they have mm. to fall off at a certain altitude in order for uh -huh. you to continue projecting into outer space. If not, it's going to sabotage the rocket and it's no longer going to be a blessing for the rocket. It's going to be a burden. And so at some mm. point it has to fall off. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent on that. It's beautiful. Love that. And yeah, I love that. I've got chills. I'm like, ooh, I love when people just see, like, you you just know that moment of boost, that moment of boost, and you just, when you see that in your life, and you can pinpoint that, a lot of people can't pinpoint that. So when you can, it's like, you got that, you got that word given to you. So, ooh. Yes. You work with kids. Mm -hmm. And can you give us some, some part of that journey? Can you show us kind of an insight to that journey? Um, okay, so I, I, I think going back to what I was saying a little while ago, it's been so important for me starting out that the children identify with me and know mm -hmm. that I am here from the Rio Grande Valley. I'm here from yeah. South Texas, just like you. I'm not from some place that you saw in the movies. I'm not from some big city like New York or Los Angeles. I stress to the children, greatness is wherever you are because greatness lives inside of you. So if you're here, there's greatness here. If you are in Africa, there's greatness there. But greatness is inside of you and the choices that you make. So... I want them to really connect with that so that they know that there's a world of possibilities for them too. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, even looking back, I think like the first person I was able to identify with on, um, on a higher level was Selena, because finally I saw somebody that had my color of skin, my color of hair spoke both of my languages and was doing great things. I learned every song. I wanted to dance like her. I wanted to be like her. So when I go into these schools, I have children just giving me the tightest hugs, telling me that they love me, that they're inspired by me, that they want to be like me. And for me, that is like, my life's work is done. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. mission accomplished the fact that they are just really um, inspired by by my book and by my presence there. I, I, I love it. 
Yeah. And when you look at the Rio Grande Valley in particular, it's it's a social, if I can say this correctly, because obviously I get my tongue tied. We've, we've seen that in the past 20 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's a socioeconomical disadvantaged area. So it needs people like you to show that representation because there are a lot of children that don't believe that they'll ever get out of what they're going through or don't believe that they have the worth to get out of what they see every single day, but they do. They're some of the brightest minds that I've seen and some of the most amazing people that I've worked with in the past mm -hmm. five years and had the pleasure of coming yeah. across and the most kindest people I've met in my life are here in the Valley. And it's amazing to, when I have an opportunity to talk to somebody like yourself and, but there, there's far and few between. And I, I'm going, how can we shed that light? What can, what can more people do to shine that light on creators, on activists, on people that are, how can we get, you and other people in front of these children more? I think that it starts with number one, embracing who we are a hundred percent. Don't shy mm -hmm. away from who you are because when you do that, you not only do yourself a disservice in robbing yourself of a piece of you, but you do us a disservice because we're not being empowered through your light, through your mission, through your purpose on this earth. And you'll never discover what that is until you are fully you. Mm -hmm. And so if it's personality, if it's culture, if it's spirituality, whatever it may be that encompasses you, you need to be it and you need to be it 100%. Throw yourself in it, commit to it and be it. If it's different, great. That's what we need. But we need you to show up and be 100% you because it is only when you're 100% you that you'll discover purpose and that you'll start living out destiny. And when you do that, we see it, we're empowered by it, and you give us the courage to do the same thing. So it's a ripple effect, right? And that's why I just want uh, uh, the children to embrace our culture, because if you shy away from it and you try to act like something that you're not, you're robbing yourself of a piece of you. And we need that piece of you to show up Yeah, in everything that you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think it really starts, you know, very Michael Jackson, but it's very like man in the mirror. You want a better yeah. world. It starts in this world right here. You have it to does. do the internal work. Absolutely. And, and it is hard, but it's, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent embracing the culture that is, is so vibrant and so worth it. Now you talked about uh, book number two, and I know you're extremely busy with book number one, but do you, do you have a little insight on what you might be writing about in book number two? I do. And right now it's really a toss up between pan dulce y café or tamales. I, I really don't oh, know which one to go with. Oh, both of my heart. Now we had this conversation. Oh, we had this conversation over the holidays because, um, you know, of course, 
my stomach again <laughs> is telling me stop eating the tamales because you're getting so much bad heartburn you're not sleeping at night and my husband goes it's one time a year and I says yes it's only one time a year it's okay bring me tamales <laughs> but pandol say now I can eat all day every day so that one but oh my gosh you're you're in now where's Delia's where's Delia's tamales I am not sponsored I promise I'm not sponsored by anybody I do all of this because I love talking obviously I love talking but um oh my gosh Delia but the best tamales are Mama Lulu's and that's my mother-in-law she makes the best okay and you see and that's why I want to make a book about that because I feel like this book has um, helped children realize that we need connection. So I see children come into my store with their grandma or their grandpa, and they want to relive the book. They have no electronics. They want to sit at a table with a snow cone, talk and make a memory. So yeah. I want to continue that in the next books. And I want it to really be centered on connection also, you know, subtly put oh. it in there. And I feel like growing up, being around my grandma, I remember all my aunts and uncles, my cousins gathering around and we had what's called like a tamalada where you're all making it as a family and you're talking and laughing and having fun. You're connecting, <laughs> you know, and I feel yeah. I love Delia's. We get them from there every year. But I yeah. feel now that we've commercialized the tamales, that piece of tradition is kind of getting a little tarnished. And we're not really doing it as much as we used to. So I feel like having a book on it will help, um, you know, resurface those memories and maybe bring it back for some families. And, and you have to, you absolutely have to have that part of the tradition. So me and my co-author in November, we authored a book and we had uh, lemon bars and brownies. That's what we made in the book. It was a little girl and her her uh, adopted grandmother because mm -hmm. that was the focus of our book was the fostering and the adoption and uh, because of our backgrounds. And so I get you bring it back to the basics. But when I, I think the first or the second Christmas after I retired from the military, my mother-in-law sat me down and she was teaching me how to make tamales. And I was in there and I was getting in there. I think I wore a, a brace on my wrist for a month. Oh my no God. I am, I, you know, she really had like, you go through tamale boot camp, huh? Yes. So you would think after military for 20 years, but I must be the biggest sissy. I come down to the valley. I can't handle the food. I got a brace on my wrist and I'm over here like... I'm over here like, um, they're killing me down here. No, I'm just joking. But no, it was, but I fell in love with just that tradition because growing up in a home where things were a little chaotic, we didn't have traditions. I come down to the Valley and those traditions that I saw on TV, the traditions that I fell in love with in my fantasy world and the books that I write and things like that, it's here. And I just, oh, I hope you write the tamale one. I'm just, that's just me. That's just me because that's, I want it brought the back. Feedback. Yeah. That's the feedback <laughs> I'm getting. So, yeah. Okay. Another vote for tamales being the next yeah, one. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. taking it into account. So I know before we came on, there was a comment somewhere and I was like, yes, I want to know where all your book signings are too. So do you have book signings already lined up that you know, or do you need to post that later? 
Um, I actually do not have any book signings. Oh, I'm just seeing all the comments right now. How did I miss all these? Hello, everyone. Thanks, guys. Um, oh, yeah, I have another book signing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I have another book signing coming up in Westlico. There are two tentative date sets date set for the month of February, but I'm really not sure um, when it's going to be yet because I'm waiting to hear back from the university, but they're the ones that are going to host the next one. Um, I, I got a, another organization reached out to me, Mujeres Arriba. They want to have a Galentine's book signing, a Galentine style book signing. So I think we might do one of those like before Valentine. So I don't know. There's a, there's a couple that are up in the air for February. So I'll be posting it on my pages for sure. Okay. So, um, so that I can type it here in the comments and it goes on our YouTube and our Facebook. And also so people on the podcast, when I download it and put it on our podcast platform can hear, where can people get a hold of you? A website or people can go and find out where all your book signings are as well as grab a copy of your book. Yeah. So I have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, author Eliza M. Garza and I also have a website, elizamgarza.com. Author Eliza, it's A-U-T-H-O-R-E-L-I-Z-A. M as in Mary. M G R Z A dot com. Okay. I wanted to put that on there. So uh, folks, if they're just listening, they'll be able to type it into their browser, go and maybe if they want to book you to speak about your heritage, your culture in their communities and how important it is, or come grab a copy of your book or even have you on their show. Cause I think that this is a topic as well as the book is something that needs to be spread around the world and highlighted because in such a wonderful way of bringing culture and not just when you write children's books, you have to write it in a manner that will entertain the child. That's how they remember their lessons. And I mm -hmm. think that that is, that is the central core of what you did. You, you brought in that emotional side, the grandpa, you brought in that fun side, the Raspas, you brought in so much to, to hone in that this culture is a central idea of the book. And I, and I love that. And you're going out and you're letting everyone know, look, this is important. And I want everyone to see, like, look, see me and hear everything that the culture is about because it's beautiful. It's vibrant. It's here. And the representation needs to be out there everywhere so that in the areas that are social, socially economical, dis, economic disadvantaged, then mm -hmm. they can rise where they need to be because it's such a beautiful place. So is there any other topics that I haven't brought up that you want to make sure we bring up before we head out for the night? Because I've had such a great time. I've probably talked more than you and I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I've had a great time too. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, for speaking, I do speak on transforming pain to purpose. I do speak on entrepreneurship as well, um, business, stuff like that. And um, for the book, I just really want to um, convey that the book also 
is big on creating connection, creating memories with people that we love. And so at the end of every presentation, I make sure that I teach the children how to connect, what it is to engage and be fully present in our moments as human beings, <laughs> because now we're connected to an electronic in some way or another, especially this generation, they're just growing up into it, you know? So I really um, do teach them how to be present and remind them that it's important and we need to eliminate distractions when we're in front of people that we love in order to make memories that last a lifetime. Great message, connection. Great message for everybody. Eliza, I've had a great time talking to, to you tonight. I'm looking, one of these days, I won't mess up my words. Probably never gonna happen. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to keeping an eye on your website and your Facebook page to see whenever you're doing a signing and, and it meets up with a time where I'm going to be around that area because I'm going to stop by and grab a copy and get it signed mm -hmm. because Thank I would you. love to meet you in purpose and give you a, either an air hug or an in-person hug, one or the other, whichever one we're like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> things are happening right now. We're going to do this air hug thing. You know how it goes. <laughs> Post COVID world, you know, and all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're going to end it for tonight, guys. Go and grab a copy of Eliza's wonderful book, Raspas Con Mi Grandpa, uh, over on www.authorelizamgarza.com. It's on a lot of major platforms or go over on any of the social media platforms at author, author Eliza M. Garza and check out where she will be signing books, where she's gonna be heading next for speaking, or you can um, ask her to come and speak at one of your events if you want an absolutely dynamic speaker who spreads a message of connection, culture, and giving, making a and purpose. Love. love, there you go, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes, and love for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and just the website is elizamgarza.com and then the handle is author eliza m oh the website it's, is not author no it's not author it's elizamgarza.com sorry I'll i just saw that, that one up okay it's okay no i'm worries. gonna i'll fix it when i go back in <laughs> and when i go on the inside you know and, okay anyways guys it's been a blast. I'll see you later, everybody. And we will catch you on the flip side. Bye, Eliza. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone, Bye. for tuning in. Bye. Thanks.